Hello and welcome to Dedicated Packers, the podcast where we do cover the Premier Packers. And we don't cut anything else. Let's go. Alright, hello, and welcome back to Dedicated Packers. Before we begin, I would like to make a quick little statement on Damar Hamlin, who, if you don't know, suffered a cardiac arrest on the Monday night football matchup between the Cincinnati Bengals and Buffalo Bills. He was a safety for the Buffalo Bills and I believe is still in critical condition in, I would assume, Cincinnati. So, just want to send my heart out to him and his family. We, we do have some positive updates. I believe his, his, uh, he, he was taken off oxygen from 100% to 50%. So, some improvement there, but overall, it's just, it's just horrible to see you know, a player suffer or something like that. So I'm hoping that he continues to get better and that we just get some more positive news. With that, let's jump into the Green Bay Packers matchup against the Detroit Lions. The storylines, it's a must-win game. Once again, the Packers are in a spot where they need to win this football game. And Detroit may very well be in a similar spot. If Seattle wins ahead of the Packers-Lions Sunday Night Football matchup, then Detroit is not going to have anything to play for. But if Seattle loses, then both teams are in a win-or-die situation. So this is a game that is on Sunday Night Football for that reason, has all of the stakes, and it's going to be it's going to be a big time game regardless of how the Seattle Detroit situation shakes out the packers are in a spot where they just need to win this game this game is all that matters the packers need to win this football game so let's talk more about the game after we do the second storyline which is of course the injury report today on wednesday the packers held a walkthrough so all participation reports are an estimate David Bakhtiari was limited with a knee slash abdomen. Chris Barnes, full participant with a hand injury. Rudy Ford, a full participant with a wrist slash knee. Elton Jenkins, limited with a knee. Aaron Jones, limited with a knee slash ankle. Josh Nyman, limited with a shoulder. Keyshawn Nixon, limited with a groin. Aaron Rodgers, did not participate with a right, right thumb slash knee injury. And then Christian Watson was a limited participant with a hip injury. Just nothing too surprising on that injury report it's never ever good to have guys as important as Watson and Nixon on the injury report but the fact that they both participated in a limited capacity is good news that's just that's basically all that you can hope to see after you know they suffered injuries in Miami and Rogers he did not participate today it's sort of an estimate but he's just a guy that I hope feels as good as possible on Sunday because I know that he is going to play there's no doubt about that so I just want him to be as close to 100% as possible when he does suit up and then everyone else not a big deal slash expected uh, it'd be nice if Jones and 
Nyman weren't on the injury report, but Jonesy, we know, has been dealing with a couple of things. And Nyman, well, he seemed to get a little bit banged up again in uh, in the in the Minnesota game. So the hope is that both those guys will be okay. They'll play on Sunday. We'll see what happens with the Nyman-Tom situation at right tackle, but hopefully those guys are going to be both ready to go. With that, let's talk about the offensive keys to the game. What do the Green Bay Packers need to do to win this football game? Well, let me take you back to week nine. It was a Packers-Lions matchup, uh, I believe a noon central time game. The final score, 15-9 for the Lions. How do we make sure that that does not happen again? Offensively, you only put up nine points. How do we get that the hell out of here the first key to that is going to be red zone success because the Packers absolutely need to do well in the red zone there are a huge amount of ways to move the ball against Detroit they uh, they have not been a good defense all year um, in the run game they're bad in the pass game they're bad but I would expect that as a result, you're going to get a relative amount of success, a relative amount of passing off of that, because like Miami, Detroit has a weak secondary. I think the Packers are going to want to exploit that. They have the Detroit defense has given up a lot of big-time plays, and oh man, that can become especially true against the Packers team that now has a red-hot Christian Watson, yellow-hot Romeo Dobbs, and no purple-cold Sammy Watkins. In fact, even without Dobbs and Watson for much of the Week 9 game that I mentioned, the Packers had these results. Their first drive, in an interception on Detroit's goal line. Their second drive also ended in an interception on Detroit's goal line. Their third drive, a turnover on downs at Detroit's 38. Their fourth drive was a punt. Their fifth drive was an interception at Detroit's 22. Their sixth drive was a touchdown. Their seventh drive was a field goal, and their eighth drive was a turnover on down at Detroit's 17. Every single drive, every single drive, aside from one that ended in a punt, the one at the beginning of the second half, got into Detroit territory and deep into it on six of them. So moving the ball was not the issue with this offense. Shooting themselves in the foot in the red zone, that that was the issue. So in this game, the Packers are going to need to do a couple of things. First of all, don't throw three red zone interceptions. That would be nice. And please try not to turn the ball over twice on downs. How do you avoid doing that? Well, I would say you button things up, you run the ball, and that's really what we saw against the Vikings with both of your second half touchdowns coming from rushes, one to A.J. Dillon, of course, one to Aaron Rodgers. So clearly rushing, running the ball, works a little bit in the red zone. You're going to need the offensive line to really, really dominate up front to get the push necessary to punch it in when you're in a goal-to-go situation because that is where the running game becomes most important. When you're in those you know, first and goal from the three, if you can just get a little bit of push from that offensive line, you're going to have a fair amount of success getting the ball into the end zone if you have three tries from the three-yard line. So... I need to see Bakhtiari, Elton, Myers, Runyon, Nyman, or Tom, whoever plays there. I need to see those guys really dominating up front because that is going to be an absolute key to not sucking in the red zone. That's what I need to see. And then the second offensive key 
get ahead early. The Packers, they have struggled to come out of the gate hot offensively recently, and it's really not nice to see. I, I enjoy it when they come out the gate hot. That's just a personal opinion, but that's the way I am. The Packers haven't been able to get into much of a rhythm recently to start off games. They've, I don't know, last game they threw a weird like swing pass to Jonesy uh, behind the line of scrimmage that just sort of buried their drive from the gun. Instead of sitting under center, pounding J Dylan and Jones and getting your backs in a groove. Now, to be fair, they've been okay recently in these early games without coming out hot because of the defense and special teams. Against Miami, Keyshawn Nixon set them up on the first drive, for example, with his 93-yard return. Against Minnesota, the defense got a pick six, and Keyshawn re Nixon returned a kick for a touchdown. So right there, you got seven plus seven, 14 points. So... You've been able in the past few games to live without offensive success early on, but I think it's going to be critical in this game because we've seen, not with offensive success, but with general points early on, that the defense really, really, really can play more confidently. They can be more aggressive because instead of pressure being on them, you've shifted the pressure to the opposing offense. You've said, we're putting up points. Are you guys going to start putting up points? And that's where you can let your defense thrive. It just gets the whole team into a groove. Again, obviously there's the point cushion, which is always nice. And I think that against a Dan Campbell squad that we know is going to be fired up, getting ahead early will take the wind right out of their sails. It's going to pressure a Lions offense that is very good when it can sit back, run the football, and not look back. So get ahead early, force the Lions to throw on you. Now, how do you get ahead early? Because I've talked about that they need to do it, why they need to do it, but how do you do that? How do you do that and take the wind right out of your opponent? My answer would be ball control. My answer would be get your backs into a groove. You know, AJ and Jonesy, I want to see those guys running a lot from under center. Force the Lions to stop the run before you prey on them with your play-action game, with your quick hitters. However... I think that Rodgers and Lafleur's answer will not be, oh, let's uh, let's play ball control. I think their answer will be something along the lines of, hmm, Detroit, not playing a huge amount of too high, just playing a decent amount of too high. Oh, they're in a one-high look? Okay, great. Let's throw an absolute bomb to Christian Watson. Now look, if you connect on those two of them early on, great, you're up 14, phenomenal. But, but, I think that it's far more likely that you can have success if you dominate the Detroit team on the ground the way that Carolina did so successfully in Week 16. And so that's what I want to see. I want to see a lot of under center running to come out early. I think that really helps get Rodgers in a rhythm. It obviously helps your backs get in a rhythm, and it is more sustainable than throwing deep balls to Christian Watson, despite everything that Watson is great at defensive keys we've talked about what the offense needs to do got to be better in the red zone move the ball and get ahead early defensively the first key is stopping the run it's december it's the detroit lions the packers they don't really have any other option but to stop the running game because the lions feasted just feasted off of their strong running game throughout this year throughout 2022 and Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator, he's an extremely, extremely smart guy. I think he's in line for a head coaching job. And 
So he has built this Lions offense off of play action and the running game. Now the question becomes, how do you eliminate the effectiveness of play action? Because that's where the Lions get their explosives. The answer, we all know this, you stop the run. You have to force the Lions into disadvantageous situations where Goff cannot sit under center and have the defense bite. No, you have to be in situations where Goff is forced to be a drop back shotgun quarterback. We all know that he struggles with that. So you need to stop the run to get him into those situations. How do you stop the run? I'm not going to lie to you. It's not going to be easy. The Lions and Eagles have by far the two best offensive lines in the league. So it it's certainly not going to be easy to stop them, stop the run with those big guys coming at you downhill. However, if they're going to do it, you're going to need to see Kenny Clark play the way that he's played lately. He's a space eater and a penetrator. He is everything that you want in a defensive lineman. You're going to need to see TJ Slayton just eat up space like he does. He is a massive body. We need to use him to close up gaps in the running game, force Detroit's backs to bounce outside. And then Wyatt, I, we know what he can do against the pass, but let's see a couple of big plays against the run. I just want to see, you know, a penetration play here or there where he forces the Lions into a loss situation, a TFL for one or two yards. So if you can get those guys stepping up on the interior, that's going to be critical. On the outside, if you can get guys like Preston Smith, Justin Hollins, and Kingsley and Ibari to set the edge, then you can start building a foundation to stopping the run. You can then from there start disengaging, getting off blocks, and making tackles at all levels. That includes Quay Walker, Devondre Campbell, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, Rudy Ford, all of those guys. You can begin disrupting the rhythm that the Lions love to get into, and you can force Goff to drop back and make some big-time mistakes. And then the second key, C-A-P-I-T-A-L-I-Z-E. Capitalized. Every single one of those letters, capital C, capital A, I could go on. How has this defense succeeded in the last two games? It's an excellent question. I don't think they've done too much schematically. You know, Barry's mixed the fronts around a little bit. He's done some stuff on the back end. Communication has certainly gotten better, so I would like to credit Barry a little bit there. Um, if, I, if I'm going to throw all the blame on him when the communication is terrible, I think some of it should go to him when the communication improves, some of the credit, that is. Now... That all being said, I still think the Packers have gotten extremely lucky and the turnovers have been critical to their defensive success because in the last two games, both against Miami and Minnesota, they had a fumble recovery and three interceptions. That's two straight games with a plus four turnover differential because the Packers didn't turn the ball over once in all those games aside from the block punt, which I don't know if that's technically a turnover or not, but I don't count it as one. So the Packers are going to need to utilize a similar formula against Detroit. Now, the issue becomes that you can't get lucky a third time, usually. So, I, I would say that you're going to need to force your own luck. Okay? Against Minnesota, two interceptions came off batted passes. One was just a terrible read and throw by Cousins. Against Miami, you had a bunch of bad reads and throws by Tua. I tend to doubt that Green Bay can have six interceptions in the next two games. I doubt they can have three in this one, but if you can get one or two, that's kind of all that you need, right? You just need to force Goff to make a mistake or two, and that is something that they can do. How do you do that? How do you force Goff to make the, the, the mistake? 
Well, the first thing is you have to take away the middle of the field. The middle of the field is where the Lions have eaten. It's their bread and the butter. That is how they've built their passing offense. Play action and inbreakers off of that play action target the middle of the field. That is what any typical play action-based team would do. That's what the Lions do. So to take away Goff's initial reads, you have to take away the middle of the field. Once you do that, you force him to sit in the pocket, stay calm, go through his progressions, and make the right read. And, man, if he doesn't, well, then the hope is that the defense can capitalize. Because if he's looking there, he's looking for a Monroe St. Brown or Jameson Williams or something in the middle of the field, and he notices Quay and Dravondre in excellent coverage, covering all the holes there, well, he's not going to make a throw, and he's going to be forced to find someone else. And then off of that, the second key, pressure, pressure, pressure. We saw it last week, right? Pressure bursts pipes. If you take away Goff's initial read so that he can hit the top of his drop, let it rip, then, as I said before, he's going to have to stay calm. He's going to have to go through his progressions. But you can make that staying calm portion really, really, really hard if you have Kenny Clark, Preston Smith, Kingsland, and Bari all converging on him. So... Let's see the guys up front absolutely get after it. We're going to need it in the run game or to stop the run. We're going to need it to stop the pass. You have to force Goff to stand in the pocket and make a throw in the cold Lambo night. Do not let him step up in the pocket and make that throw. Make him sit back there, be uncomfortable, have to throw flat-footed. And that is how another way that you begin getting closer to generating turnover opportunities it's it's not going to be easy because as i mentioned the lines have an extremely smart offensive coordinator and a lead offensive line but it's going to be absolutely critical that they both take away the middle of the field and pressure golf if they want to create those turnover opportunities and that's what they need to do to win the football game so with that we jump into our last segment the players to watch segment number one christian watson look man I would love, I would love to put Aaron Jones or AJ here, but I think that unfortunately the Packers are going to come out all guns a-blazing. I think that Christian Watson, he is going to be a big part of their impatient game plan where they show how much easier it is for them to get the ball to a receiver than to a running back. So I'm going to take him as my player to watch. Uh, all it takes really is one big-time 50-yard bomb to Watson. Boom, I win this player to watch. Watson, look, man, he's a star, a stud, a freak of nature, whatever you want to call him. So with everything on the line, why shouldn't I take him? He's that guy. The Packers know how to get him the football. I'm going with Christian Watson. He hasn't had a big play in three weeks or so. It's coming. Trust me, it's coming. My second player to watch, Devondre Campbell. Look, middle linebackers, they're going to be absolutely huge against Detroit, and I think Devondre is going to be the guy that steps up. We saw it with Shaq Thompson in week 16 against Detroit, how well... Devondre Campbell can come up, stuff gaps, make tackles in the running game. That is all going to be a great indicator for how the Packers fare in stopping the Lions' running game. If he really comes up, he takes away the A gap, the B gap, he makes tackles, he doesn't miss them, then you have a, a better chance at stopping the Lions' running game. And then in the passing game, he's also going to be big. It's going to be big to see him along with Quay playing good zone coverage, which I expect Barry to play plenty of, to take away Goff's initial reads like I mentioned. If, if we can get the best, the all-pro version of Dravondre Campbell, then I'll feel pretty damn good. I'll feel pretty damn good. Well, I take that back. I'll feel good. I'll feel better 
about the Packers' chances of stopping Detroit. So that's what we should root for and hope for. That's what I'm looking for. So Christian Watson, Devondre Campbell, my two guys. I know I've had Devondre Campbell twice now in the last three weeks, but he's that guy. I want to see both Christian Watson and Devondre Campbell go off. Offensively, red zone, come out early. Defensively, stop the run, pressure Goff, take away the middle of the field. That's what I want to see from the Packers. That's what they're going to need to do to win this football game. But... That is all that I have for you. As always, thank you very much for listening to this late night edition of Dedicated Packers. I will see you next time. And until that next time. Go Pack Go!